Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Your phone calls later this hour as we're halfway to Margaritaville. Wimbledon continues to offer a match for the ages. Federer and Nadal are in their fourth set. That's kind of front and center on the sports calendar this weekend. British Open less than one week away for golf fans. The NBA offers both free agency and trades and summer league action. And with that latter set of topics in mind, we thought of our next guest, Stephanie Reddy. We got used to seeing her on Hornets broadcast nowadays with the NBA on TNT and NBA TV. There's a lot to discuss with Russell Westbrook headed to Houston and Chris Paul, at least for now, a member of the Thunder, but expected to be moved again. Kwai and Paul George together with the Clippers, AD and LeBron together with the Lakers. Stephanie Reddy, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Given your versatility, I always like to steer you in other directions, even beyond basketball, because you're just kind of a, a life and sports person beyond hoops. Uh, we'll, of course, get to the hoops. But I wonder your reaction as a trailblazer in women's sports yourself personally to the U.S. women's national team and what they just accomplished at the World Cup, because it was a weird combination of our nation rallying around these amazing women who are mostly respected on and off the field, uh, but also some criticism uh, about whatever, their celebrations, their social views, and other things. What was your take from afar as a basketball expert on that? I loved them. I loved every bit of it, every single second of it. I mean, <laughs> they were... I'm with you, by the way. <laughs> they were so good, and I just, I hate it when people try to poo-poo on their successes by nitpicking on their celebrations. I really did. I mean... You know, I'm all for sportsmanship, and I believe in, you know, acting like you've been there before. Those are things I preach to my kids all the time. But I think in sports, because we have such this quick turnover with the news cycle and social media and everything is so instant, I think we as fans sometimes lose sight of what it is we're watching. The World Cup is once every four years. Yeah. Like, these women have been busting their tails just to get back into the position to, to defend right, to win another championship. And this is not just, you know, the NBA's world championship, with air quotes, where we say it's the world championship, but really it's the NBA's championship. This is an actual world championship. So, yeah, if I get a goal or two or three or four, I'm going to celebrate like it's 1999 too. So I was with them the whole way. This has come up, uh, the double standard, if you will, in other sports where, you know, we've asked on this show somebody who says Cam Newton of the Panthers, you know, celebrates too dramatically for their likes. Sometimes we'll say, okay, as long as you're just anti-celebration for all quarterbacks, at least you can right. be consistent. But if you think Brett Favre was, you know, charismatic and fun, <laughs> but, but Cam is, you know, selfish and a jerk, there may be a double standard. How, right. much, of do you, how much of this do you still see with, you know, with uh, the, the gender aspect of sports and society? Because I know that the overwhelming majority of men's soccer players who have dramatic over the the top celebrations rarely get called out right whereas Absolutely. you know alex morgan sipping the teacup uh sent some people you know into outer space absolutely i'm so i'm with you on that and i think that is i think it is gender-based and i think that people sometimes you know we have our biases inherently and sometimes we don't even know they're there so this is a good opportunity for people to examine themselves if you have a problem with the celebrations from the women's world cup uh, championship team 
then you're right. If you are anti-celebration, fine. That's who you are. Right. That's great for you. But if this is the only team that you are critiquing their celebratory antics, then there, there might be a problem with you. So I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I just – personally, I don't see why anybody cares that much. You know, I mean, it's fun. If, if people are saying the NFL stands for the no fun league because they try to crack down right. on the celebrations, right. right, that's what we want to see. We are seeing human beings ex- exhibit this extraordinary athleticism that's almost superhuman, things that normal people can't do. So we want to watch them do that. Why can't we watch them celebrate their successes? I think that's part of the fun, and that's what brings the fans in. I'm, I'm with you 100%. If you ever get to the point where you get tired of the David Glenn Show trying to turn you into a sociologist, and you ju- <laughs> if you just want us to stick to basketball, we will do that. Uh, but you're just it's fun to pick your brain on some of these other things given your background. Stephanie Ref- Reddy is joining us, NBA on TNT, NBA TV. Uh, the NBA is grabbing headlines even as the only games being played are summer league games. Could you right now uh, give us a Stephanie Reddy upcoming, not summer league, but the real stuff later, a power rankings? Have enough dominoes fallen? Can you picture enough starting lineups? Like, is there even a one, two, and three that come to mind, or or is this as much parody as you can remember in your time covering the NBA? Yes. This is as much parody as I can remember. I, and I've been, I, since I was just in Vegas, I had an opportunity to talk with lots of people, you know, um, former players, current players, coaches, executives, and everybody is talking about that. I mean, there are legitimately, there's probably at least one third of the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. When's the last time that's happened, right? Out of 30 teams, you're saying that 10 of them have an actual chance of winning a championship. Yep. Not a training, sh- not a training camp shot. You know, in training camp, everyone thinks they got a shot at it, right? All 30. Right. But like an actual legitimate chance that you could sit here and analyze the team, break them down, break down the potential matchups, and think, hey, yeah, they actually have a shot at it. I mean, I, I don't recall ever being in a situation to start the season where you're saying that 10 to 12 teams really have a chance at taking the home the trophy. And to me, that's Extremely exciting. I cannot wait. I phrased the question this way to our statewide audience. If a fan of any of these teams, and I just narrowed it to the Western Conference, just kind of for illustrative purposes, would you laugh at them if they said out loud, we think we have a chance at winning it all next year? And then I listed, are you ready? I had, you mentioned 10 in the league or more. I have seven in the West. You tell me if I'm crazy (laughs) on any of these. Would you personally laugh at a fan who said, my Rockets... Clippers, Lakers, Jazz, Blazers, Nuggets, or Warriors, are, we're taking seriously our chance of making a run at an NBA title. There's seven in one conference. Are we crazy? Yeah. No, you're dead on. That's exactly right. And I think a lot of people are losing track of that. You know, we're all talking L.A. because obviously the big yeah. market and the big names. But I think you're exactly right. I think Utah has flown very much under the radar in this offseason. Um, they are going to be... Some, someone to contend with. That's, that's going to be a tough out for somebody. Um, the Trailblazers, they got better. And we saw how they progressed in one season, how much better they got. Um, and truthfully, if they didn't get injured down the stretch, who knows what would have happened with them. So, yes, I think you're right. I think those seven have legitimate chances. It's, it's, this is the most forward I've looked to an NBA season in a long time I'm with you because we could you know do a version of it in the east and say Bucks Sixers Celtics Raptors 
you know, who knows, the Heat or the Nets could fall, have things fall into place. I'm not sure. It might be too early for some of those. Uh, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Stephanie Reddy is joining us. All right. The coaching brain in you knows that it's one thing to accumulate talent on a roster, and we have a bunch of great dynamic duos out there right now. It's another thing to make sure the pieces fit together well, right? So when you think of AD and LeBron together with the Lakers or Harden now reunited with Russell Westbrook in Houston – uh, or uh, Kwai and Paul George with the Clippers, you know, are, are those puzzle pieces that easily fit together? Or, you know, what do we remember from the Thunder days when, you know, Westbrook and Harden played together with KD years ago? Yeah, you know what? I think it's personnel-driven, honestly. Um, I think there's a few pieces of the puzzle, the chemistry puzzle, if you will. I think um, culture of the organization factors in quite a bit. Um, I think that the coaching staff and basketball operations staff also factors in because they've got to implement that culture into the roster and, you know, daily practices and workouts and, and how they're approaching the game. And then the personnel that you have on your roster has to buy in. I mean, they, they all know who they are, right? You know if you're one of the top players in the league. No one has to tell you that. But what's your priority? Is your priority to score 25 and 10 every night? or is your priority to win basketball games? And if your priority is to truly win basketball games and that is it, then you'll sacrifice a little piece of yourself and your game to accomplish that every single night. And it may not be the same sacrifice, you know? And, and I think um, we saw the Miami Heat probably do that the best of any team when you saw those three pieces come together and how quickly they figured it out. And it goes back to what I said, the culture of the organization, the coaching staff, and BB Ops staff led by Eric Folstra, Pat Riley, of course, and then the personnel. They all wanted to win a championship at all costs, down to the last guy on the roster, right, not just those yep. big three. So I think those three pieces of the puzzle, if you can get them to be all cohesive and working, then you're in good shape, and therein lies the problem. You know, that's why we say we've got these contenders now, but what's going to happen? Because everybody can talk a good game. It can look great on paper. But can you implement all of these things and can the players actually buy in and, and fully with their hearts mean it and act it out? That's the key. Stephanie Reddy is joining us. One more thing for Stephanie. Remember, you can follow her on Twitter at Stephanie Reddy. Great work for NBA TV and the NBA on TNT. Chris Paul no longer fits the description of one of the most elite players in the NBA. He's 34 years old. He was born and raised here in North Carolina, as you know, played at Wake Forest, has a whole lot of fans in our statewide listening audience. He is both one of the greatest players our state has ever produced, but also a guy who the only thing missing on his resume is that championship. Um, I always count his Olympic gold medals, but he didn't win a championship in college. He hasn't won a championship as an NBA player, even though he's been brilliant in countless other ways. It doesn't make sense, given CP3's passion for a title, that he would stay in Oklahoma City, right? It looks like the Thunder is in true rebuilding mode. Do you have any sense of where he might end up, given that most of the reports I read suggest that he's you know, only temporary, temporarily in Oklahoma City and that both that franchise and Chris probably want to you know, find a new landing place to give him a chance to chase a title. Right. I, I agree. I think that they are going to work to move him. Um, I think where – there's going to be two things that have to happen, obviously. First of all, they're gonna, whatever team get, that gets him is going to have to have enough assets to trade for him, 
right? Because right. OKC is obviously in a rebuilding stage. And as you can see from what's happened over the last couple of weeks, they've been accumulating first-round draft picks. <laughs> so right. they obviously have a plan, right? So Chris Paul, even though you said he may not be, like, one of the, like, elite, elite players in the game, he is still very good. Yeah. Uh, what he brings to the table is very valuable, and he could be – the final piece of a puzzle for a team that is contending for a championship. So he still is, he still has value in this league. So I think the team that gets him eventually is going to have to have enough assets to trade for him, but to also remain a contender. That's a tricky proposition. Um, that's when you start talking about future round first round picks, you know, not assets that you currently have on your roster. It may be a combination of role players and picks. But OKC has a plan, and I think that they're trying to accumulate as many picks as they can for their rebuild. Well done, as always. Stephanie Reddy on life, on sports, and on basketball. She is on Twitter at Stephanie Reddy. Thank you, as always, for your time on the David Glenn Show. Have a great weekend. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You too. Enjoy. You got it. 1-800-849-2761. Free for All Friday continues on the other side with your phone calls. We will accept your call from anywhere in North Carolina or wherever you may be listening around the world. 1-800-849-2761. Lines tend to be jammed Monday through Thursday. Lines are open purposefully to allow us to follow your lead every Friday and only on Fridays. Programming note, we are going to be live in Charlotte next Wednesday and Thursday at the ACC's annual kickoff event. That means virtually no calls for two days as we interview Dabo Sweeney and Mac Brown of Carolina and Dave Doran of NC State. We, of course, always get the four ACC head coaches from here in North Carolina. Dabo of Clemson has been our guest many, many times over the last 10 years. We typically catch up with Justin Fuente of Virginia Tech, Bronco Mendenhall of UVA, Willie Taggart of Florida State. Uh, there's another new guy, of course, Manny Diaz of the Miami Hurricanes. Those guys sit across a table from us, as do star players from all of the 14 ACC football programs. So there's two days where we can't have any phone calls at all most of the time because we're bouncing from one famous coach to another. I mean, Dabo's a national, a two-time national champion coach. Mac Brown's a one-time national champion coach, given what he did with the Texas Longhorns. So it will be a star-studded affair as we come at you live from Charlotte next Wednesday and Thursday at the ACC kickoff event more phone calls today less phone calls then questions comments and complaints are all welcome i will have as promised another federer nadal update two of the greatest of all time are going head-to-head -head in the wimbledon semifinals and it is late in the fourth set with somebody closing in maybe on an advance to the final on Sunday against that Novak Djokovic guy. 1-800-849-2761. The NFL's first preseason training camp is now less than one week away. The NBA has all sorts of interesting headlines, even as summer league games are being played on the court. Grayson Allen and Chris Paul are two of the local luminaries whose names have been in the headlines over the last 24 hours. The U.S. women's national team, equal pay and otherwise, have leftovers for your questions or comments. The ACC network is a huge, huge fork in the road for the Atlantic Coast Conference as it's poised to launch on August 22nd. Do not forget, I got another tweet curious about this. DG, can I still buy a game if I don't have the ACC network? Can I still find it on ESPN3 
if I don't or my carrier doesn't have the ACC network come August 22nd. No, 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 no. There is no legal way to get the ACC network other than your provider having the ACC network and you paying for whatever tier it is on. So just to get... There's no third way. It is amazing through the launch of the Big Ten Network. I saw Big Ten fans confused by this. Through the launch of the SEC Network, I saw SEC fans confused by this. Tony Barnhart was a guest on our show, and he told us he works for ESPN and the SEC Network. He told us he saw his mom's caller ID number in the month of August five years ago. Remember, the SEC Network launched August 2014, ACC Network, five years later, is launching this August 22nd. So Barnhart thinks his mom is calling to wish him a happy birthday. I forget Tony's exact birthday, but it was around that time. He gets back to mom, and the first thing she said is, can you remind me if my carrier is carrying the SEC Network as it launches later this month? Tony Barnhart's like, Ma, really? I know some of it is confusing, But let me just lay this out for you as we go to Matt in Greensboro and you at 1-800-849-2761. If you are a direct TV satellite customer, you will have access to the ACC network. Doesn't mean you have to get it, but the, the bottom line is you would have access. You can put buy whatever plan you want to buy, and if it's important to you, make sure the ACC network is in that plan. Here on July 12th, and actually they announced this, I think it was in March, we've known that if you are a DirecTV satellite customer, yes, you already know you will have access to the ACC network, again, assuming it's on the plan that you have signed up for. If you're a Comcast Xfinity cable subscriber, not a lot of them here in North Carolina, but I know a lot in Virginia and other ACC states, There is no agreement yet. That means it's not, well, your choices are switch to somebody else now or roll the dice and hope they work out a deal by August 22nd or whenever you want to see your first first can't-miss documentary or football game or basketball game. Many of these, again, exclusive to the ACC network. When Roy Williams and the Basketball Tar Heels debut, this November against Mike Bray and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. It is ca- there are two ways to watch the game. Being there at the Smith Center in Chapel Hill is one. Being a subscriber to the ACC Network is the other. That's it. That's it. There's no third option. Stop thinking there's a third option, please. I keep I'm getting these questions every day. There's no third option. See it in person or be a subscriber to the ACC Network. If you want to see national champion Virginia, Open its season at Syracuse. Got to have the ACC network. If you want to see national football champion Clemson open its season hosting Georgia Tech, you must have the ACC network. Otherwise, you can't stream it. You can't backdoor it, not legally anyway. Many games, not just in the Olympic sports, but including men's basketball and football, including high-profile matchups, some of which I just listed, they can only be consumed either in person or as a subscriber to the ACC network. I'll I'll list quickly the bigger ones. If you're a Comcast Xfinity subscriber, subscriber, you do not have access to it, at least for now. They might announce something between now and August 22nd. If you're a Charter Spectrum cable subscriber, there are many here in North Carolina. You do not 
have access to the ACC network. If you're a DISH satellite subscriber, did you know that DirecTV and DISH control about 99-plus percent of the satellite industry? So you're either on one or the other. I mean, there's some obscure ones out there. But they're the big two, dominating the, the DISH or the uh, satellite industry. If you're DirecTV, you do have the ACC network. If you're DISH, you do not have access to it. There is no plan that they offer right now that includes the ACC network. So, again, that's your decision if you want to switch carriers, as so many SEC and Big Ten fans did leading into those launches. Verizon Fios, is it? Fios, Fios, Fee, Fi, Fo, Fum. I can't remember. If you're a Verizon Fios uh, fiber company subscriber, yes, you have it. If you're a Cox slash Contour cable subscriber, you do not have it yet available on your carrier. If you're an Altice customer under the names Optimum or Suddenlink, yes, you have it. That cable company has agreed with the ACC. They, they made that deal almost two years ago. If you're an AT&T U-verse customer, no, you don't have it. If you're a DirecTV Now, not DirecTV the satellite, they do have it. If you're a DirecTV Now customer, you do not have access to it. If you're a YouTube TV customer, you do not have access to it. If you're a Sling TV customer, you do not have access to it. If you're a Hulu customer, you only have access to it if you upgrade to Hulu with live TV. So there's a lot of providers out there, I know. There's probably like a dozen just in our state, if, if you count, count even the bigger ones. The biggest is Spectrum, and they do not yet have an agreement to carry the ACC network. So stop thinking you can stream it, find it. I mean, you could go to a friend's house if they have a carrier that carries the ACC network. There is no third option. Be there in person. Be with a carrier that offers the ACC network and then sign up for it, or you will not see those and many other high-profile games that the ACC has to offer this coming season. Look for my article on this in the upcoming edition of the ACC Sports Journal, our annual football kickoff edition. It will also be at accsports.com. There will also be a version of it at theathletic.com, the international website, one of the fastest-growing sports websites in modern American history. I am a contributor to theathletic.com and The Athletic Carolina. You will find a deep-dive article on these matters and how they compare to the SEC network, the Big Ten network, the Pac-12 network. A SEC and Big Ten, success stories. Pac-12 network, mostly a disaster. Clearly, the ACC wants to follow the lead of the SEC with the same partner. ESPN is that distribution partner. ESPN is, is, is owned by Disney, so you have a lot of leverage as you try to strike these carriage deals. The ACC has already made great strides along those lines, as indicated by those deals that I mentioned. They still have some of the bigger fish out there that have not yet agreed to carry that channel. 1-800-849-2761. Again, ACC Network launch is August 22nd. So what's that? Roughly five to six weeks away. Andrew wants in from Holly Springs. Matt wants in from Greensboro. You can jump in with your question, comment, or complaint on the other side. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. 
Is it time to sit up there and say, hey, the Clippers, the Lakers, hold on a second. It ain't the title ain't exactly yours all of a sudden. Oh, no. It's a question. Needs to be asked. Because James Harden and Russell Westbrook together? Lord have mercy. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I got a lot of Stephen A. Smith growing up in Philadelphia. Still get a lot of them as a consumer of ESPN. The NBA is in the headlines. The NFL training camps are only a week away in some cases. Remember, it's not until July 24th for your Carolina Panthers. Matt in Greensboro wants in to exercise his free-for-all Friday rights. Andrew is in Holly Springs. Archie is in Greensboro and has some combination of David Tepper and or the Carolina Panthers on his mind. All of these are fair game. Thanks to Stephanie Reddy and Tori Holt, the Hall of Famer, for dropping by earlier. It's all phone calls the rest of the way as we're halfway to Margaritaville on this Friday afternoon. And as Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal are coming close to the end of their fourth set, I'll give you an update there. It, it, Federer, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, has a chance to win it, but he hasn't won it yet. I'll keep you updated on that. We probably will have a conclusion for that match. Remember, before the end of today's show, Djokovic is already in the final on Sunday. He has a very even record against his fellow GOATs, in case you're wondering, as I was wondering, and I looked it up. Djokovic is 28-26 and 26 all-time against Nadal, and he's 25-22 and 22 all-time against Federer. So he has the upper hand in both cases, GOAT versus GOAT, but it's really, really, really close head-to-head. And in this particular case, whereas Nadal has gotten the better of Federer in their careers, Federer, at least for now, is in front of Nadal in this semifinal. It could be Federer against Djokovic on Sunday. We may have a winner here shortly. 1-800-849-2761. Matt in Greensboro has Michael Jordan on his mind. Archie in Greensboro has David Tepper on his mind. We'll get to Andrew, too. Matt is first up from Greensboro. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Hey, DG. Happy Friday. Right um, back at you. And as you mentioned earlier with Stephanie Reddy, you know, it's a very intriguing, exciting uh, NBA season coming up. But as a Hornets fan, uh, I don't have very much optimism. You know, yeah. I don't have much reason to be optimistic, not just for this season, but the future. I don't blame you. Uh, they, they seem to be in rebuild mode. They should be. But I really have no faith they can even get that right for the second time. And that it comes down to Michael Jordan. Um, you know, Michael's, you know, of course, the greatest of all time basketball player, very successful. Agree. Jordan brand. And with all that, do you think he really views success as an NBA owner? It's just the bottom line because he's been pretty successful when it comes to that, too. He's making, you know, the, the value of the franchise skyrocketed for, for what he paid for it. <laughs> and he's still making their revenues increasing, yet the team. It's a complete embarrassment around yeah. the end of the league. Does that really bother? You know what, Matt? I really think, and I credit you for being a passionate Hornets fan, I think you ask a fair question. I think you ask an intelligent question. The journalist in me says that you should never apologize to ask a valid question. Like, you know, Michael Jordan might say, I'll never be on Glenn's show again because he entertained whether I really care or not about succeeding as an owner the way I clearly have succeeded as a Nike business pitchman, uh, heck, as a movie star, and in my opinion, as the greatest basketball player of all time. I think that even if you or I were Michael's best friend, I just think of seriously my own best friends who are businessmen and successful in various ways, how much do you care is like a down-to-the-fiber-of-your-soul 
after a bottle of wine or two type question, isn't it? Like even if you even if it's your best friend, you know, my, one of my buddies' names is Hoax. You know, and and he's been through a lot of different things and been very successful. He happens to be an attorney, and and he's just an amazing guy and very successful in various walks of life. The how much do you really care to make sure your basketball team excels versus how much are you just half mailing it in because you have so many royalty checks and Nike checks and so much money in the bank that you're not going to empty the proverbial owner's effort bucket to try to make sure. Is he passionately fighting and scratching and clawing to make the Hornets a championship contender the way he passionately fought, scratched, and clawed to chase NBA titles? Hell no. Hell no. And there is not a serious, fair-minded, eyes-wide-open person who would claim that that is the case. Now, Michael would be very unhappy to hear that. And I'm sorry, Nathan, your chances of getting him on the show next week just went down tremendously, even though we're visiting the Queen City of Charlotte on Wednesday and Thursday. But, Matt, you should be frustrated. Now, what would he say after the bottle of wine if we asked the sole question, you know, where are you on this, man? Where are you on this? You look like you're sleepwalking compared to other NBA owners. Do you have to wonder, as dysfunctional as the Lakers can be, do you have to wonder how much they care? Would you have to ask the apathy question with the New York or with the LA Lakers? No. The fact that Matt, a passionate Hornets fan, has to ask the the apathy question is a sign in itself. It's not an unfair question. Now, we don't know which it is. You remember the old uh, joke, what the coach said to his player? You're driving me crazy, kid. You know, because of players like you, I might lose my job. And the coach, frustrated at, you know, at wit's end, finally says, is it ignorance or is it apathy? And the kid replies, to tell you the truth, coach, I don't know and I don't care. I've always loved that punchline. With Michael Jordan, we don't know if it's an I don't know or an I don't care. He clearly doesn't know how to run a major franchise. He was not good with the Wizards. He has not been good as the Hornets owner. And again, I say this as somebody who admires and respects him in many other contexts. I'm just not a blind loyalist. I never will be a partisan hack. I don't believe in hero worship. Somebody that you can admire in this way may not be good at something else. And you can't just be a zombie. Yet You have to keep your eyes open to what anybody does well or poorly. At least if you want my respect, you have to be. And in Michael's case, it might be an I don't know. I hope it's not an I don't care. But do you know how many NBA teams in the history of that league have never spent into the luxury tax? For those who don't know how this works, you have the salary cap. But then when you go beyond the salary cap, there's a next level luxury tax. You get into the luxury tax, and in some cases, it gets crazy. Like, for every dollar you spend at a certain point, it's like $2. Like, you owe the dollar to the player, and then you owe another dollar in a tax to the NBA. It's designed to assist with parity, of course. The, the Charlotte Hornets are one of – th- they're either the only or one of only two franchises never to spend to the luxury tax. Michael Jordan doesn't have enough money to be more aggressive financially. Well, you know, the, how, how are the Warriors won three NBA titles? Because they have gotten to the point where they have said as owners, I can't die and take all this money with me. Like at some point, at some point, and wouldn't we all love to be at this stage of life? I don't know what the amount of money is 
where you eventually wake up and say, you know what, this is ridiculous. Who cares if I don't turn a profit on my NFL or NBA team? I want my owners to be so rich that they're not afraid to lose money. If you're worried about your grandchildren more than your, you know, inheriting bigger chunks of the pie, then, you know, making the Hornets relevant, you shouldn't be an owner in the National Basketball Association, period. And if you want to be a blindly loyal Hornets fan, I don't mean Matt, then you, I'm not mad at you or anything. Go ahead and be blindly loyal. En- enjoy them to whatever degree you can as one of the most dysfunctional, most irrelevant teams in the entire NBA. If, if you take enjoyment, whatever, maybe enjoy the visiting teams. They just got less interesting with no Kemba Walker, right? So, I mean, Matt, I welcome your input. Is it an I don't know where I would kind of feel bad for Michael? Many people are brilliant in some competitive arenas, and he clearly is that, and just not very good in other competitive arenas. And I don't know if maybe that applies to Michael. It's just not in his skill set. I would be fiery mad if the answer is he doesn't really care. He's mailing it in. I've got enough revenue streams in enough areas that the Hornets are this little toy, and I'm going to ask people to buy season tickets even though I'm not emptying the effort bucket the way I did as a two-way player in the NBA on my way to six NBA titles. I I honestly don't know. Like, couldn't you imagine a best friend owning a team, and you might not know to the heart of their sole answer, are, are you really, really passionate about making this happen? Or do you have such varied interests, family, you know, cigars, golf, international travel, your kids? Are, are you emptying the effort bucket as the owner? I honestly don't know, but I know he's not very good. It's definitely an I don't know with Michael Jordan. I hope it's not an I don't care. Archie is in Greensboro and has another owner on his mind. Archie, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thank you, uh, DG. Uh, to uh, my, my call pertains to, to, to David Tepper, but to, to sort of uh, dovetail on the point you just made about uh, about Michael, uh, I, I recall uh, uh, in the '90s, uh, probably uh, at the peak of the the Bulls dynasty, Jerry Krause, the uh, former GM, made a statement that oh, uh, became yeah. pretty controversial. Yes. He said something like, "Organizations build championships, not players." Yes, and. Um, I think MJ and maybe a few others just scoffed at that idea. Yes, and um, and, and and I'm thinking now that Michael's in a different chair. Maybe he may, uh, <laughs> maybe he at least has an opportunity to see it a little differently. But my my the point I wanted to make uh, is um, you know around contract time, uh, players typically, and I'm talking about uh, collective bargaining agreement contracts. Uh, you often hear players talk about uh, well, nobody play, plays to, uh, pays to watch owner's own, they, right. uh, you know, I, I think the sense I get from Tepper is that I would probably pay money to watch him own. I would too. Yeah. I would um, too. No doubt about it. And, and, and that was just my, my, my point. I, I, it, in fact, he, 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 he strikes me as the kind of owner, the, the, guy, the kind of guy who's the smartest guy in the room, but you wouldn't know it to look at it. Yes. You know, and he seems to generally care about his people. I, I think he, it occurs to me that it would not be a bad idea if Ron Rivera, with some regularity, got his guys around Tepper just to tap into the thought process of somebody who achieves at the highest level. I'm you know, with he's you, not going to talk about X's and O's, but but the thought process of a winner's winner, you know, that, that would probably be beneficial. I'm fascinated by David Tepper 
in a lot of different ways. And for those who don't know his story well, he is not only an NFL owner, which, you know, you better be rich to fit that description and join that club. He's worth about $13 billion, which I believe makes him something like one of the 50th, 50 wealthiest people in the United States. It may be a worldwide number, but I, I know he's one, of the, he's one of the richest owners in all of American sports. So he's rich even by owner standards. There, there are guys who are worth one or two billion who own professional sports teams. 13 billion, and he's a former, he's a former hedge fund manager. So he built his own business. So there's, you know, that's a good old-fashioned American dream right there. Archie, as a listener, if you're a loyal listener, and I think I remember your voice, uh, you know I use the phrase critical thinker all the time. And I don't believe in hero worship. I don't believe in blind loyalty. I'm tired of partisan hacks. I'm tired of people who mislead people on purpose just to get them to their end of the political spectrum. I hate it. I think it's killing America. And David Tepper actually is a, is a great person, a great example of somebody who, when he, and he had, this is all on the record from David Tepper, in the sports context, he has changed the culture that had gotten racist and sexist, not my opinion, but well documented under the previous owner, David, or Jerry Richardson. So I admire that. The early returns are David Tepper has dramatically improved what had become, unfortunately, a spawning ground for some racist and some uh, sexist behavior under the previous owner. So that's a big step in the right direction, you know, just for, you know, the human part of the story, right? But this is a guy who says, when I see the best candidate is a Republican, I vote for the Republican. And when I see the best candidate is a Democrat, I vote for the Democrat. And I'm not afraid to say who I voted for out loud. And I can back up either one. You know, how many people are left that say that, right? How many people have gone to their corners without even thinking, just blindly picking, oh, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a conservative or I'm a liberal or I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. I like critical thinkers infinitely more than I like blind loyalists or partisan hacks or hero worshipers. And Tepper applies that same mindset to building one of the most successful hedge funds in, in American history. He has applied it to be building a $13 billion fortune. He has applied it to hiring and retaining high-class people all over his organization. He's in the process of dry, trying to bring a major league soccer team to Charlotte. I mean, this is a guy with big ideas. This is a guy who left his hedge fund the source of his $13 billion because he felt like the Carolina Panthers needed more of his attention. If we're wondering and asking questions about Michael Jordan's apathy or passion level and where does he fit on that scale, you don't have to want David Tepper just walked away from his $13 billion enterprise because he's, he is creating a state-of-the-art facility on the other side of the border in South Carolina, that'll be the Panthers' new, it's going to be just like a multi-use thing and their new headquarters. They're still going to play in Charlotte, remember. They're still going to play at Bank of America Stadium. He wants an MLS team for that. I mean, there's a lot of branches to this guy's tree. And if he sees somebody in society that he finds as outrageous, he's the guy who on the record called the current president uh, a demented, narcissistic scumbag and a pathological liar. Now, if I heard that from somebody who was a partisan hack, I'd probably ignore it. If I hear it from somebody who clearly has voted for both parties, who has many conservative views, but just calls it as he sees it, and rather than being the partisan hack or the blind loyalist, which, again, I mean, if that's how you want to run your life, best wishes to you. You've lost my respect. 
David Tepper won't turn his brain off. He won't turn it. He's not going to go down that road. He will make those public statements, and he has the evidence to back up his opinion. And I respect people who can back up their opinion with evidence, even when I disagree with their opinion, or in some cases, most cases, with David Tepper, I agree with his opinion. I'm fascinated by him. By the way, that Tom Dundon guy with the Carolina Hurricanes, I would not describe Tom exactly the way I just described David Tepper. Yet, Tom is a fascinating intensely (laughs) there is no doubt where tom dundon is if apathy is at one end of the spectrum and passion is at the other end i can promise you i've seen it from the front row he scores a 99 on the passion scale now he's not like david tepper in other ways and that's okay i'd give you a different speech on dundon but we have two passionate intensely competitive guys leading the Panthers and the Hurricanes right now. And that is something any fan should celebrate across North Carolina. I hope we get that with the Charlotte Hornets in some form or fashion, but it just doesn't feel that way right now. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Nathan Bernstein filling in for the golfing Darren Vaught. We're headed to Charlotte next week to be at the ACC kickoff event. I don't know how many of those in a row I've been to, but it's a really large number. Makes me feel old sometimes, but it also energizes me. We get to talk with Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. Of course, all the in-state head coaches, some of the star players as well. Hope you're with us and spend part of your week with us. Again, Wednesday and Thursday, the two days, we'll be joining you live from the ACC kickoff event in Charlotte. NFL training camps are less than one week away. College football will not be too far behind. Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal are coming down the stretch of their semifinal match at Wimbledon. I hope to get you the winner of that match prior to the conclusion of today's program. I do think we're out of time for phone calls. We can pass along. Roger Federer did close the deal during the break. Roger Federer has eliminated the youngster, Rafael Nadal. It was on grass. Again, Nadal had gotten the better of Federer for their careers head-to-head, 24-15. to But the king of clay, Rafael Nadal, not nearly as dominant on grass. Federer gets him in four sets 7-6, 1-6, 6-3, 6-4, as they say in the tennis world. That leaves for Sunday one of the highlights of the sports TV weekend. It will be one of the greatest of all time, Novak Djokovic, going for Grand Slam singles title number 16 in his case. Federer has the greatest number already on the men's side. He has 20 and White would like to make this Wimbledon number 21 for him. Head-to-head, it's been really close. 25 wins for Djokovic. 22 wins for Federer. The surface this time, grass, does not really favor either side the way I think it helps Federer when he has to deal with Nadal. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Little Jimmy Buffett 
lovely cruise always takes us into the weekend. I've got Wimbledon on my mind. I mean, unsolicited recommendation if you're going beyond the sports world. The Yesterday movie, a.k.a. The Beatles movie, my wife and I saw it last week. Highly recommended. Sports-wise, Serena playing for the title tomorrow, and then Federer against Djokovic on Sunday. That's about as good as it gets. Enjoy the games and matches. We'll see you Monday on The David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.